Today's episode, we are discussing shame. Every one of us at some point or another in our life have dealt with shame. Where we may have felt badly about ourselves, maybe we behaved in a way that we weren't proud of, causing us to feel bad about ourselves. However, when shame becomes a more chronic emotion and we grapple with regular feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness, it's time to take action. Today's episode, we're going to be discussing how to overcome shame. But before we get into that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice, where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. Okay, so I want to start with just going into shame versus guilt. I find that a lot of people interchange the words shame and guilt. So I want to really define those two terms so that we can have a working definition. While shame and guilt are closely related, they are very different. Guilt is the feeling or thoughts associated with a behavior, an action, a doing, right? Perhaps you did something you felt bad about. Guilt is based on a behavior, an action that you took. And guilt requires also some level of empathy, right? Because now you feel bad based on how that will impact someone else. So keep that in mind. You know, maybe you stole something from a friend and you feel really guilty about it. So you feel bad because you've done this thing that may have hurt someone else. Okay. But shame, shame is a little bit different. Shame is based on a negative appraisal of self. So you feel bad about yourself. So rather than I did something bad is I am bad. I am flawed in some way. I am inadequate. I am unworthy. So that's the difference between shame and guilt. Shame is attacking your personhood that you feel bad as a person, that you are the flawed thing. Guilt is you did something wrong and you feel bad about it. All right. So I hope I'm making sense out there. All right. So how does shame even come to be? Like, when do we first experience shame? Well, more times than not, shame is experienced in our formative years when we're starting to develop our self-concept, when we're starting to learn more about our place in the world, right? You know, in order for uh, shame to exist, we have to have that desire to be accepted, which most of us have. We all want to fit in. We all want to be accepted. We want to fit into the norm. And shame emerges when you realize that you're outside of that norm. And you start to judge yourself negatively and harshly. A lot of times these messages or the way we label ourselves comes from external, our caregivers, our parents. Because we want approval from them. We want to be accepted. We want to make them happy. And so we take 
our cues from them. And so the way they speak to us, the way they uh, parent us becomes our internal dialogue. Okay, so it has a lot to do with the way we were parent. So if you're always told that you're dumb, you're lazy, you're hard to deal with as a child, that becomes your inner dialogue and you become shamed by those things. You feel ashamed because you feel like you're not as smart as other people. You don't work as hard as other people, that you're a burden on your family. So it sets the ground to have those seeds of shame grow. So most likely shame comes from parents or guardian disapproval, disappointment that focuses on attacking the child's sense of self rather than the specific behaviors. So sometimes when your child misbehaves and and does something that needs correcting, you say, oh, you know what? You didn't clean that countertop off correctly. Here's how I want you to do it. Versus shame-based parenting where, oh my God, you're so stupid. You can't clean. What's wrong with you? Why are you so lazy? And so that attacks the the child's self-concept feelings of themselves and it gives them negative appraisal. And that's how shame can start to emerge. So if you're out there listening and you have children, be mindful of how you're correcting them and disciplining them, making sure that you're focusing on the task at hand to improve rather than their self-esteem. Shame can also show up in adulthood. You know, when we are unable to mentally recover from a, a mistake that we may have made, we're stuck ruminating about how badly we messed up or how we didn't uh, do something correctly. Shame involves an internalized feeling of, of being exposed and humiliated. So perhaps we're at work and we are worried that the coworkers or the boss will somehow discover that we're an imposter, even though we have the credentials to back up our knowledge, even though we have the experience, we somehow have this deep seated shame that we're somehow unworthy or inadequate. So some examples of shame based thinking include, you know, hey, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm unlovable, not marriage material. Maybe I am just not meant for blank. You fill in the blank. So why are we spending time on understanding shame? Because it permeates and shows up in every aspect of our life. Once the seeds of shame have been rooted, they show up in our mental health with us struggling with depression, anxiety, low self-esteem. It shows up in our spirit. Maybe we've walked away from our higher power. Maybe we walked away from God. Maybe we've walked away from our religion because we feel like such uh, evil beings that we're just dark beings and we are unworthy of forgiveness, of love, of God's love, of our higher power's love. You know, it shows up. In our our physical, our bodies, you know, we feel uncomfortable in our skin. We don't feel as beautiful, as confident. So, you know, this is why covering shame is so important. Because when we get into those dark moments, we revert back to our 
automatic settings. It's almost like we revert back to default. You know how your phone has like a default setting, you know, if you've made changes to it. Uh, But when in moments of stress, during moments of stress, we tend to revert back to our default settings. And so we have to clear that out. We have to clear that out. So if shame is a part of the default setting, we have to figure out how do we overcome that so it's no longer on our system. It's not even something that we can go back to because we have done so much work in this area, right? So think of shame, um, to to take this, this, this concept home, think of shame as a virus, right? So many people share their shame. You know, I talked about earlier in this segment that shame usually comes about in our formative years. And it's usually by the people uh, who we spend the most time with, our caregivers. Well, think of those caregivers as, as having a virus, right? Because they have to have shame in order to parent you in a way of, of criticizing and judgment. They have to have their own shame. So they're infected with the shame virus. And so when they correct your behavior as a child and when they were sending messages and helping you label how you're fitting in and how you're accepted, it was coming from their own seeds of shame because shame was deeply rooted within them. And so like a virus, right? If someone is infected and they cough and they sneeze and there's all these spores of of shame. So every time you're corrected, every time uh, you disagree with them, every time you do anything outside of what is acceptable, you will be shamed for that. And now that shame has now infiltrated your system, weakened your immune system, and now it's growing and replicating. And so that's why it will replicate in your mental health. That's why it will affect your spirit. It will affect your body. It will affect your relationships. When you have a partner who is infected with shame, you show up differently in that relationship, right? You're on edge thinking that sooner or later, these people around me, um, like we talked about the coworker, the spouse, the kids, the pastor, friends, will see that I'm not as wonderful as they initially thought because I have the shame. I will be exposed as the imposter that I am, right? Or maybe your partner's thinking that. Maybe it's you, maybe it's your partner. But those are, those are some thoughts of, of people in relationships who have the virus of shame. Also, you know, maybe they become defensive or maybe you become defensive when triggered. You know, when someone starts to point out some things that you're not good at because you have this shame and you don't want um, to be exposed, you become more defensive. Even if it's criticisms that's going to help you grow, you become defensive and you don't look at those things. You struggle with taking ownership of mistakes because, you know, you have this unresolved shame. You don't even want to look at it, you, you know, so it makes it difficult to be in a healthy relationship with others if you or your partner have the virus of shame, because in order to be intimate with someone emotionally connected with someone, you have to be able to be vulnerable, letting others in, being able to say, you know what, I'm not perfect and I have some things I need to work on and I'm willing to work on those. When you have unresolved shame, you rob yourself of having really meaningful relationships because you don't want people to get too close because you're fearing they will reject you. You fear that they will somehow discover that you're flawed and you keep people at a distance and that's just a terrible way to live. 
So if you're identifying with any of the shame-based thinking that I'm talking about, that I'm highlighting, it's not too late to turn things around. I want to just empower you today that, hey, you can start today. You could start by making some changes. And that's what I want to go over today. How do we overcome shame? So let's get right on into it. I have eight tips that I'm going to give you so that you can overcome shame. So get your notebook out or, you know, make sure that you save this episode so that you can keep going over it. All right. So first thing I want you to do, number one, is acknowledge the shame thought. Okay, we can't fix something we don't understand or we don't know what it is. So we have to be brave enough, courageous enough to say, okay, that right there is a shame based thought. So we, we want to acknowledge the shame, right? Number one. Two is I want you to dig a little deeper now. I want you to understand that we are all flawed. So you can take yourself off the hook of thinking that you have to be perfect or you have to um, be uh, this flawless being. We're all walking around, you know, as crackpots. We all have something that we're grappling with, myself included. I got a lot of things that I'm grappling with. But when you let yourself off the hook and, and realize that, hey, you're not the one that's standing out. Actually, you're in good company because everybody's got something that they're dealing with. It kind of lets you breathe a little bit. It takes a lot of pressure off of you and you're not walking around thinking you're being judged all the time. So let yourself off the hook. We are all flawed. So understanding that concept is important to move through the next levels. Number three is I want you to dig a little further. So that thought that you acknowledge, that shame thought, where did it come from? Where did that shame originate from? Oh, you know, my mother used to always tell me that I was worthless unless I had a, a boyfriend unless I had a man. So understanding where that shame-based thought came from, because when you can understand that it was outside of you, now it's no longer a part of your DNA, a part of your infrastructure. Now you can externally begin to fix it, begin to deal with that shame-based thinking. So understand the origin. Number three is understand the origin. Now, number four is I want you to challenge it. Is there evidence for and against this thought? Okay. Have I been able to be successful without a relationship? Uh, am I truly lazy? Or is there evidence that, hey, I worked really hard on that project last week and I actually got an A on that project? So really start to challenge those thoughts. Number five is make a plan to improve. Right. Because when we don't look at our shame, uh, when we don't challenge it, when we don't see it as external, we, we just kind of accept that it's always going to be this way, that it's fixed and that is nothing we can do about it. But now that we start to isolate ourselves from the shame, now that we start to separate ourselves from the shame, we can do something about it. What can we do to improve it? If we are feeling uh, unhappy in our bodies, if we have shame about our bodies, is there something that we can do to improve our relationship with ourselves? Is there something we can do to improve our chances of meeting new people? And maybe that's just a, a, a switching of how we're thinking about things. 
So making a plan to improve, right? Because we want to remain optimistic. We want to remain goal oriented. So that is number five. Number six is have self-compassion. You know, shame is one of those things that cuts us deep, leaves wounds, and self-compassion is the medicine to heal those wounds. So when you start to love on yourself and, and be kind to yourself, you start to heal and smooth all the, over those, those wounds and bumps that you've endured um, because of the shame. So having self-compassion. Number seven is surround yourself with positive people. Just like, you know, the seeds of shame can grow from infected people. When you have people who are infected with positivity, they're just oozing like good stuff. Like they're just a whole vibe in itself and it's contagious. So you really want to surround yourself with that type of energy, with people who can uplift and empower because those are the internal messages and the way you're going to start to relabel those shame-based thinking. Number eight, number eight is a really important one is seek out a mental health professional. You don't have to do this alone and working with a good therapist can help you process your shame in a non-judgmental and nurturing uh, atmosphere. So definitely connecting with a great mental health provider is going to help you with shame. So in conclusion, listen, Shame can cause real hurt and pain. I get it. However, you can heal by just being kind and loving to yourself. Self-compassion and self-love are the medicines needed to heal shame. So go ahead and really love on yourself. Take yourself off the hook because we are all dealing with something. So to be able to have a healthy, positive regard for yourself, even despite all that you've gone through, it means that you're winning. So until next time, tribe, you guys enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.